Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. My name is Craig Ferguson. The name of this podcast is Joy. I talk to interesting people about what brings them happiness. Meet Colm Delane, young, emerging American entrepreneur slash artist slash genius who's turning his fashion brand Kid Super into a global phenomenon. Have a listen to this kid. That's all right. We I should mean, collab. You know, that would be know, hilarious. Fashion Week. It's like just all, all dead bodies. All corpses. <laughs> <laughs> would that be, that be awesome? I think it's a good idea. I just don't know how tasteful. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's uh, it, it's kind of thing. We're on and we're talking. But the just so as you know, we are now being recorded. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all right. But you, you think then the idea of Fashion Week all dead bodies. That's my idea. That you just, but you don't think it's gonna well, work. On record, if it comes from your idea, and then I just did it, and I was like, "Well, it was Craig, you know, he was so adamant about this." Well, idea. yeah, but I don't get to bully you around. You're the you're the <laughs> wonderkind. You're the you're the face, the emerging face of of American, nay, the world. Well, fashion. Yes, but uh, uh, as the face of American fashion is quite funny to even think about. <laughs> um, but if we propped up dead bodies and just like, well, or just oh, you but, thought they were propped? I thought they were just open casket, and well, you just analyze the looks. Well, how can you? How can you look at the? I mean, that th- then it's not going to work. No, obviously. no, you like treat it truly like a funeral, where you're, instead of like going up to see them and cry, you just like go up and be like, "Wow, that's a great outfit." That you know what? See, this is why you are <laughs> you're who you are. Do people call you Kid Super because the brand's called Kid Super? Do you, like, do you do people say, "Hey, Kid Super"? Yes, and <laughs> if they don't know me, right? And my first name's a little weird for Americans. Colm. Yeah, Colm. Yeah, it's. Uh, I grew up with a little guy called yeah. Colm. So, yeah, yeah. But so, if you call me Kid or Kid Super, it's usually you don't know me super, super well. Well, and here's the thing as well, though. You don't want people calling you kid for a long time because then you get into the kid rock scenario. 
which I actually, I've thought about this. Right. There's Kid Rock. Right. There's Kid Cudi. Right. And as they've grown older, you forget the meaning of kid. It just becomes the name. All right, I get it. So, so is so is, your name is Kid. You're just like, oh, it's just a sound. Yeah, but I think Colm's a lovely name, and yeah. I think your mom and dad were very proud to give you that name. And is Craig your real name? <laughs> no, weirdly, my real name is Kid. <laughs> the so, show business name. Yeah, yeah I, Craig is a show business. <laughs> Craig is like the the male version of being called Karen. Yes. I think it's a little bit. Mm, I don't know. Not in America. Well, maybe not. Okay, yeah. so let's let's uh, just get a bit of background on you a little bit before we go into the fashion genius. <laughs> well, actually, let's go into fashion genius a little bit because I know I noticed that you won the Carl Lagerfeld Prize. Did you ever meet Carl Lagerfeld? I did not. Ah, uh, that's a shame. My wife met him, and he was amazing. He was nice to her. Yeah, he said that. He said you look beautiful. <laughs> He said to her. I don't know if he said it like that. But well, that's... he has some of the best quotes ever. Yeah. Where it's like, anyone who wears sweatpants doesn't care about their lives. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I mean, look. I, he's not wrong. He's, he may have a point. As, I'm not saying he's right all the time, but. I think my number one seller is sweatpants. <laughs> really? You sell sweatpants? Yeah. But, they, but they're fancy sweatpants with an odd design on them. They are like cool you. sweatpants. but. Yeah. Sweatpants took over, I think. And, you know, I'm a comfortable guy. But I, I do wish I lived in that era of fashion where you could say these kind of outlandish things. I think you can. Man. Now? Yeah. But I, I, I need the look. I have, well, you've got the I've look. I've got the look. Do you know what? I was thinking about you the other day because I was in Pittsburgh. Now, let me finish. <laughs> I was in Pittsburgh, and I saw a lot of people in uh, sweatpants. But I went to the Andy Warhol Museum. And I, and I, have you been to that museum? I haven't. Ah, it's really cool. You'd love it. But as I walked around, I thought, you know what? I met somebody really recently reminds me. Are you influenced by Warhol, do you think? I think, I mean, it's always funny because some people consider me an artist. Some people consider me a fashion designer, blah, 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 blah. And right. I never called myself either of the things. I was just at a young age trying to make things and trying to make them tangible and trying to make them that some could someone could purchase, right? right? And so that like kind of commercial aspect of it wasn't so much like, oh, I'm this business genius. It was like, okay, I'm 15. I need to figure out how to like make something that can connect me with different people or turn into a little bit of sales. And so I was always really good at drawing and I just started drawing on t-shirts. And then I got, what I loved about fashion was it was like the easiest I mean, I don't know, for me it was art form to meet new people. Right. Because it was like, oh, you might come from completely different backgrounds, completely different interests, but might both like the Kid Super t-shirt. And but so, but that's, why, that's why the kind of Warhol thing is like, because right. Warhol collected people as well as art. And, exactly. And, and, and he was very, you know, and he went across a whole lot of different areas and he had that kind of... Artist as capitalist, uh, which I kind of like, I really like about you as well, man. You're quite unashamedly entrepreneurial, yeah. which I love. It, it's not like, there's not like a phony rock and roll about it. It's real rock and roll. It's like, no, this has got to be successful. I want it to be successful. Yeah, and I think also I was so out of the art world and I was so out of the fashion world yeah. that it wasn't like, it didn't even feel possible. So it wasn't like, oh, Colm, if you're like, if you have more integrity about your art or blah, blah, blah. Like, mm. I was like, no one was treating me as an artist. I was a kid in Brooklyn who majored in mathematics and was a soccer player. Right. So it was like, 
I was like just trying to hustle and bustle for new opportunities. And like part of that was an entrepreneurial spirit. But the entrepreneurial spirit came also from like a little bit of the New York spirit is entrepreneurial. Sure, like yeah. no one moves here to just sit around. You right. move here to make it. You move <laughs> here to enter. And like yeah. if you didn't move here for that, your parents did. Right. And so there is a push, I think, to like kind of create your own lane. And for me at a young age, that was very just entrepreneurial. But so, your parents moved here. Your your mom's Spanish, right? Yeah. And your dad's Irish? Yeah. So that's that's a fiery combination. Do you have a bad temper? They do. They do. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of uh, negated. I was like a Dr. Phil growing up. Well, it's just like uh, they always fight about everything. And so I had to be a little bit uh, like, come on, guys, the cabinet door being open isn't this big of a deal. That's really interesting. Do you yeah. think, were you a, uh, an only child? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's kind of interesting. So you are the, you're the genetic experiment between uh, the, your mom was an artist though. Your mom is an artist, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Again, they didn't realize and still... Is that... Do you want to take the call? It's, it's cool. <laughs> I know you're busy. No, I've muted it. Come yeah, on, I've muted okay. it. It's okay. It I was just a loud vibrate. You, yeah, you know what? You're an emerging artist. <laughs> you're doing your thing in New York. If you need to take a call I in the middle of this, I it's don't. fine. Okay, all right. So your mom is, is an artist. Yeah. Your dad's not an artist? No, he's not. But I would give him a performance artist kind of energy. Uh, he's a crazy guy that, like, if we were here and competing over, like, who could climb to the building the quickest or yeah. who will break that window, he'll do it. Okay. All right. So he's uh, he has an adventurous spirit. Incredibly. Like, to the point, a, a super extreme sense. Like, one story when I was... I think I must have been 13. We went skydiving for our first time ever. Okay. Right? And I was like, I don't really want to go skydiving. He convinced the instructors that he was a professional and that he must go alone. What? And you have to do like 100 to 200. Yeah, no, that's, that's very dangerous. Super dangerous. Yeah. And we were, so he was like, I'm a, a professional. I've done this many, many, many times. And I think he had done it once with someone on his back before like five years prior. Right. Anyways, he convinces them, right. jumps off the plane completely alone, right? Then he's supposed to like pull it at a certain time yeah. and he doesn't. And so they all fly to him, the instructors. They're like, pull it, pull it, pull it. And so he pulls it. And then they're supposed to land in like a soccer field size thing. Right. And we don't see my dad when everyone lands. And we're like, oh, my God. Like, did he blah, blah. And then 10 minutes later, he walks in with the whole parachute and was like, that was amazing. And he's oh like banned God. from life from this oh, place. Oh, really? Yeah. But he go banned? Well, they were like, what the fuck? Did, did, you, did you feel... I would be kind of what the fuck as that well. That is a I, uh, crazy story. But, but, but did you did you feel kind of unsafe growing up or were you okay? No, you, no, no. You, Always felt safe. Right, yeah, okay. Yeah. So you grew up and it's a... Because I think of you, like we've had conversation before yeah. and I think of you as you have a kind of like a stable background. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And like your, your, your family is kind of... Together still. Right. And it... They and, were just moving a lot. And crazy thinkers. But what I always say to this, and obviously I'm not a parent, but I think the best thing to do as a parent is that you and your kid have the same priorities. Okay. And I think when you're very little, mm -hmm. you get in trouble for stuff that you can't really understand where you're like, oh, like 
standing on top of this table wasn't that bad. Why right. am I getting yelled at so much? And then like getting... It's not as bad as telling the uh, flight, the instructors that you're a professional. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that, and that, then, that, that is bad. And then getting like a B in school, like you don't get in trouble so much. Right. So then you're kind of like, what's like, when I was a kid, I could stand on the table no matter what, no one cared, or my parents didn't care. But if I got a B in school, I was in a lot of trouble. So... It kind Were you of, a straight A student then? Did I, you do well? I was a straight A student. But I felt like, okay, I understand why you're being mean here and why you're not being mean here. Right. And so I always felt like we were on the same team. Right, okay. Fair so enough. I was like, okay, this is I can take punishment because I understand when I'm wrong. And then when I'm when we're on the same side, it's like other people might think it's not the best acting but i thought like standing on a table is fun you i think you i think you turned out all right yeah so so you come out of school and were you drawn into fashion was it through music because usually young people it's through music right so i had moved a ton growing up so i went from like new york chicago new york mexico wisconsin back to new york and so why was that it's because your parents work my dad was just getting new jobs okay and so he, and since he's Irish, he was like, "Fuck it." Yeah, like, no, I'm Mexico. familiar with the condition. <laughs> <laughs> Mexico is the same as New York. Yeah, yeah. But Wisconsin, the when I was like 11, was very, very much like what was cool was sports. So if you were good at sports, you were a cool kid. Okay. And then I moved right to Brooklyn at 12, and what was cool was fashion. Right. And I knew nothing about fashion. And I was like, I couldn't really wrap my head around like young kids spending a lot of money on clothes to make themselves cool. Right. And I was kind of like, well, I was like anti-anti-culture where I was like, oh, this is stupid. Let me just make my own clothes. Right. And so that was really why the clothing thing happened. So you started making your own clothes. How did it turn professional? Who, whose notice did it did it come to? It's funny, like, there isn't a moment where it's like, you are professional, right. which I wish it was. Yeah, no, It would be very mean, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think, I mean, so I started with t-shirts in high school that I was spray painting. Then I started screen printing. And then I manufactured my first hat that was with a factory that was like custom. Everything else was like I was buying a t-shirt I, and printing I, I, it. I wish I could say that I had manufactured my first hat. Yeah, it was pretty you know, cool. There's nothing says you're going to be a billionaire, like having a <laughs> phrase in your life like, and that's when I manufactured my first hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that was pretty big deal for me because I was like, Probably 17 on Alibaba, which is like an yeah, I know what it is. Chinese yeah, yeah, website where you yeah. can get anything made. Right. And so I was talking to all these factories and knew nothing. And I asked 10 different factories for this one hat design. And this one hat, and they all sent me 10 different ones. All Most were horrendous, but one was incredible. And I was like, this is the start of me like learning how to make things and produce things. And so that hat I dropped with like t-shirts and a hoodie, and I was like, this is a full collection. I'm like, I am a top-tier designer. Did you ever watch Project Runway? Did yeah. You ever th- did you? No, but I, Project Runway, to me, was like so fashion. I was like right, such a streetwear person yeah. at the time. And so I was like, okay, I have a hat that's unique, and I have T-shirts. And so I dropped the collection, and... I was in college at the time, and a kid on my soccer team's roommate built the website, and that was my huge, like, oh, man, I'm going to sell to people that I don't know, because at the time, you're like, how do you find people that you don't know to buy your clothes? I think it's fascinating is you're very clearly a result of your time as well. Like, you use the resources of, of the internet, and yeah. I mean, that's interesting that you were 
on a Chinese uh, manufacturing website when you're a teenager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there, I'm sure there are other kids doing it as now well. Now I think it's even crazier because now there's all like, there's Instagrams now devoted to finding manufacturing for young clothing brand designers. Is that good, do you think? Does it help? It helps if you're young, but it also, it just allows so many people to enter the field. Yeah. So you're like a young designer. For me, it took ages to make my own shoe, right? Right. Now you can make your own shoe quite easily if you do the research and you're all of a sudden talking to a shoe manufacturer in Asia and you're like 16. So So let's talk a little bit about shoe manufacturers in Asia a little bit because there is... You know, there is an ethical problem in your industry yeah. about how stuff gets... A negative gets, connotation Yeah, there is. As well. Is that something that you're cognizant of, that, you, you, that you're... Of course you're cognizant of, but are you... Does it play into how you make your stuff? Well, there's two things. One, China makes everything. Right. It's not just clothes, whatever. So they're Sure, the, your they're, iPhone, your everything. They're yeah. the best manufacturers of things in general. Right. And it's not just pricing. It's just bare minimum. If you want the highest end thing, they mm-hmm. could still make it the best. Right. And it's just because they've had infrastructure for 70 years and we took off the past 70 years, basically. Right. Like we basically just handed them all manufacturing. Right. And we stopped doing it in America. And so the idea that it's like worse or better or whatever, there are factories that are very bad, but there's also factories that, that are, are very good. good. Okay. And like the factory that I work with, like, I visited and went to dinner with the whole, like, staff. Oh. And, like, it was like, okay, this is nice. So you checked it out. Yeah, I checked it out. Uh And it was like, she's always complaining that her husband's playing too much basketball. Right. So it's like, she has the same problems and we're we're working at as well. But what I love about China and working with factories there is like, okay, if you want to make a pair of denim jeans in America, you have to go find the fabric, which isn't from America. So maybe there's some from America, but usually it's not. So let's say you imported Japanese denim, right? Right. Now you have to get a factory that cuts it. Right. Then you have to go find the factory, makes the buttons. Then you have to have another factory that puts the buttons on the jeans. Right. So like you've just touched 10 factories and like tons of shipping and all this stuff to make one pair of pants. Right. China's infrastructure is it's all in the same area. It's all in the same block. So they don't even... It's not even considered going to different factories. It's just all done in in house. Okay. So, if you're talking about you know, there's a, other issues with shipping that comes in. Yeah, to play that's, and, that's you know. So, but let's oh, we made a kind of a leap there because we 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 got you out of high school and now you're touring factories <laughs> in China looking for uh, the best deal for your jeans. But <laughs> in between there, there is your relationship with Paris Fashion Week, which yes. I think is fascinating because you kind of. That that's kind of where you made your bones, really, isn't yes. it? No, so you you applied to F- Paris Fashion Week with street fashion. Was that the way you did it? So this is so basically to f- speed up the story. I was in college. I launched the brand. Things start moving a little bit. I convert my sophomore year dorm into a store, and so everyone's coming to my dorm room, and it <laughs> looks like a storefront. And I got racks of clothing. And you are going to be so rich. It's <laughs> scary. <laughs> And then, and then I'm like, okay, I get in trouble with my dean of housing because they didn't like that I had a of business. Of course, yeah. And so I'm like, you should have told them you were a professional parachutist nah. or something. They even let you. I was trying to say like, how am I not the face of housing? Yeah. I was like, give me a bigger room. <laughs> I was like, you should be supporting You're right. me. You're right. I I get it. And they have like twenty five thousand kids go to the school, and I was like, 
tell them all about my story. Right. I was like, if all of them buy one item, I'm super rich. Yeah. And so whatever, I got an, they didn't believe in the vision. So oh, I was okay. like, I converted a dorm into a store, but what if I do the flip side? Okay. So I found this little store in Brooklyn on Craigslist. Okay. Which you run. I do, yeah. It's, that's where I made my money. <laughs> <laughs> which would be an amazing side plot. Yeah, yeah. It's, your... You know, it's a side hustle, but it you know, brings in a couple of billion a year. It's worth it. <laughs> it is amazing that Craigslist never changed their name. Yeah. It's super awesome. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Do you know that eBay was started by a guy called eBay? No. You're, you're... Yeah, I'm lying. Yeah, but <laughs> Yahoo. No. Yeah, Yahoo. Well, Yahoo is you always have other options. That's what Yahoo was. You always have other options. That's why they, oh, they wow. called it that. It's so good. Yeah, it's clever. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Look, everybody has stuff that stresses them out and annoys them, and I'm no different from anybody else. For example, I get very irritated that people that wear shoes that look like feet. That's not a big deal, but it's a, it's a big deal to me. Obviously, there are much more important things to get worried about. Get them off your chest. When you keep them bottled up, it starts to affect you negatively. Now, therapy is a safe place to do that. That's what I did. And you figure out what's going on with you, work it through, and then let it go. Let it go, you see? That's what, I, that's what I think. I've done a lot of therapy, and I have to say I'm a very satisfied customer. If you think I'm kind of tense now, you should have seen me before I started. I'm actually, I really do recommend it. If you can do it, you should do it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I'd suggest giving better help a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient. It's flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with, you know, a licensed therapist, a proper one, and then you can switch your therapist at any time for no additional charge. I just think it's a good idea. Give it a shot. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com joypod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot joypod. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. 
right. So you convert a store into a dorm. Yeah. So then I basically move into the back of a store in Brooklyn. Right. And I have all my classes in junior year set up. So it's Monday, Tuesday, I go to school. Wednesday through Sunday, I work at the store. So what college are you at? When I'm at NYU. Right. Okay. And I'm so studying that, mathematics. Right. But but clearly, it's not. you're not going to be an academic mathematician. That's not... <laughs> clearly. Yeah, right. I, and... I think, I mean, it's a side conversation, but I think math is taught really horribly, I mean, in the United States or wherever, but it's not seen as a creative field. I know, and it's, that's and it, wrong. That's, it should be actually the most creative of I fields. agree. It's, it's the language of the universe, and, and people think that it's a chore. It's and weird. I, I don't know why or how it got converted to All that, right. but I think it's like, if me and you are sitting here and there's a problem to be solved, me finding it out faster than you proves I'm more creative. Right. Like it's the most easy way to prove I'm more creative. Right. So I don't understand why. And it's like gamifying it too. Math is quite fun in a game. It's trying to figure things out. So yeah, I think it's taught really bad. But by my senior year of college, I had been what, 12 years of math basically. And it had weeded out like all kind of sense of personality. Right. And all the kids in that are very, very straight by the book, which sucks because it shouldn't be that. You should have very unique thinkers in a in a room full of math. Well, but but you clearly are that anyway. So you're taking this mathematics and you're applying it to a different area. I, th of I think what math really helped me at, obviously it was good at training the brain, but I think it made me fearless. Okay. Because everyone was like, oh my God, I can't believe you're doing math. Like, that's so cr like crazy. It must be so difficult. And I was like, yeah, it is, but it's possible, right? Right. And I think that mindset was applied to fashion where it was like, yeah, I don't know a lot about fashion now, but it's learnable. And so right. math was learnable. Everyone thought it was the scariest thing to major in. I did that. So why couldn't I apply that like mindset or mind practice to different mediums? Was it ever, was it a social thing as well? Was it a way to meet uh, girls? Was it a way to kind of be I think social? I I think I was the hottest girl in my math class. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that, man. <laughs> All right. Do we take no, it? no, it's too late. You said it. Uh, no, but, <laughs> but I understand what you're saying. So, but you're now moving into a very different world from academic mathematics, right? You're, Super you're, different. Right. And you're, you, so you're in Brooklyn and you're living in a store which is about the hippest thing I've ever heard. Well, what's even funnier about this is to make money, I'm airbnb a room in the store. Okay. And I call it a Brooklyn studio. And if you're from Sweden, right. this is like the coolest shit ever. Sure. Nothing really works. You're kind of in this art studio. And then I would only try to get people there for like a day or two days. Because right. by day three, they'd notice that there was hours and operations of the store that they were living in. <laughs> so they were actually working. There, so they'd yeah. be like, wait, is living this a, a store? Yeah. And wait a minute. I came here in good faith to have a hipster holiday and now I'm living in a store. But if you're like really foreign, that's the coolest New York experience ever. Well, uh, you know, when I when I lived in the East Village in the 80s, there was a one or two of your type down there then. The big thing at the time was stores became nightclubs. Okay. So there were there was a furniture store called Space Gallery okay. during the day and at night it was a it was a club called Space Gallery and you would go in and it was like I think that still happens actually. Yeah, I mean that I would love to I mean, that would be a very fun thing for the Kid Super new store. Very secretive 
club. A club at night. night. Yeah. You should come see it, by the way. Where is it? It's in Williamsburg. I don't go to Brooklyn, but, yeah. I, but okay. <laughs> Come on. I'm too old. I, I, I'm too old. I can't go. I'll try. You went to yeah. uh, Lower East Side. It's like 10 more minutes. Yeah, but I'm I'm in the Upper East Side now. I go I to the daily. I get my bagel. I go back home. You've I got enjoy the... my day. Yes, but these tattoos. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Come Do you on. have any ink? I have super tattooed on my right butt cheek. Okay. <laughs> Committed. You're going to have to have kid. No, I'm the kid. All right. Okay. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone always says the same thing. You you know it. Or then get pooper or duper put on. So it's super duper or super pooper. Well, the pooper's there as well. (laughs) Well, you know, (laughs) but if you're going to start labeling things, you may as well. So listen, you do this, you're in this store in Brooklyn. Yeah. And now you're starting. It, it, now it's a business, right? Now, well, this was the, the, me getting the store was proved to everyone that it was serious. Okay. Because it was a physical entity that represented something real. And it's funny because like, you know, most businesses now start fully e-commerce and they're like, I don't even need a store. We can just direct to consumer. We don't need to have a physical location. But for me, I guess the real thing that excited me about fashion besides all the other stuff was meeting people and having right. a place to like, again, my parents moved here in the 70s or 80s and they were always talking about this energy that New York had and everyone was really kind of did. working. And, yeah. Yeah. And I, I probably ran into your parents. I mean, it, certainly, I think uh, your dad at some point. <laughs> I, I probably ran away from your dad at some point. <laughs> in like a erotic a club called... <laughs> It's like, yeah, I've actually touched your father. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've, I've touched your father. I touched your father in the 80s. So now, now you're my kid. <laughs> exactly. You, I could be. <laughs> you're my kid now. That's it. So uh, I'm, I need a cup. But I always heard about this, and I was like, man, I wish I could live that era. And I was like, there, isn't these, there aren't these spaces where people are meeting up. There aren't these, like, these ideas of like buildings that you could kind of convert into art studios or like convert a store slash club. Like you just needed so much money to do that nowadays. Yeah. It was like, my mom would always say, Colin, like, why aren't you just focusing on painting? And I go, mom, what was your rent? Yeah. She goes, $75 a month. And I go, okay, what did you do? She was like, I could work on Friday as a waitress in the financial district and get tipped a hundred dollars. I'm like, so you're making your rent on tip one night. Mm -hmm. It's like that, that freedom doesn't exist now. Yeah, no, that, that's kind of true. I remember that. I mean, that time period as well was, because I worked on a building site in Harlem. Yeah. And and I got paid 600 bucks a week and my rent was 600 bucks a month. Yeah. I lived in a very fancy place. (laughs) (laughs) 600 bucks a month. But you know that thing you're talking about, the store is kind of interesting. Because you remember talking about the, there was a store on Avenue A, a furniture store run by an English guy. And he sold 1950s furniture. And it was there that I met Andy Warhol and Basquiat because people used to go there to hang out during the day and drink beer and sit on the furniture. That's all they did. And yeah. it was kind of a weird time. And I see you're hankering for that. Yeah. And people, it it, it didn't feel like there was anything particularly fabulous going right. on at the time, but it was only in retrospect, you go, this was kind of an interesting time. Well, even now, so like I had this physical space and then 
no one was coming to the store to shop. Right. It was kind of in the middle of nowhere that in Brooklyn. Was the pro- that was and the I, problem everybody else had, too. They I, weren't making any money. And I remember being like, damn, okay, so no one's coming to the shop. What if I convert it into a place that people need to come? So I did a thing for Converse. They paid for this recording studio in my basement. I bought like a sewing machine. I bought like Seamless to take photos. And I was kind of like, anyone who wants to come can come use this place, right? Okay. And so I was like, the more people that come, uh, we'll see what happens. Okay. And in retrospect, as you're saying now, like we had so many cool and interesting people work and live out of there. And like my basement recording studio, I think a couple songs from it are like five times platinum. That's amazing. And so you're in retrospect, you're like, wow, this is fun, blah, blah. blah. And then you're like, whoa, this, we were really doing stuff. And this is kind of like what my mom described. Did you, do you still have the store? Now I have a bigger one, ah. but I stole all the walls. So I had painted the walls of mm-hmm. the store, and when I left, I ripped Took them the all walls. off, and then I rebuilt them in my new store. You probably lost your deposit. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I, yeah, I had yeah. previously yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, lost my deposit. So this store is now a happening place, yeah. right? The chronology I'm trying to get to is I'm trying to make the connection between you and Paris Fashion Week, because I think that's when you go nuclear a little yes. bit, when it goes into Paris. So what... What happens? Did you decide you wanted to try that? Is that what? So basically, I was doing a lot of different things at that time where I was like doing album arts for musicians. I was maybe doing merch. I was doing art shows. I was doing all this stuff. And I was dropping clothes like super erratically. Nothing to the schedule how most people drop clothing. Right. And so someone came into a store She and she was like two girls, a stylist and her friend. And they're like, what's next for you? And I jokingly said Paris Fashion Week. Right. Complete joke. But at the time, you had heard about, you know, Virgil had gone to Louis Vuitton and was doing Paris fashion shows out there with uh, Off-White as well. And there was kind of an energy around Paris Fashion Week. To me, it seemed like completely out of the picture. Like as It's like seeing an actor off-Broadway, hey, what's next, Neo? Superman. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah. be playing Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, yeah, like you're in high school. Well, it's so funny, so... I went to, this is a side note, but I made the jerseys for Barnsley, which is a third division soccer team. In and Barnsley in England? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So I made their jerseys and I went there. This is fast forwarding, but I went there and they were kind of wrapping their heads around what I was doing. And they were like, so how important was Louis Vuitton like calling you up? And I go, well, it's kind of like you're playing for Barnsley and Real Madrid calls yeah, you. Yeah, that's exactly right, yeah. <laughs> and they all were like, oh, wow. Okay, yeah. all right, now we understand it. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So anyways, I'm back in the store and these two girls ask me what's next and I jokingly go Paris Fashion Week. And she goes, my boss is a French PR guy who helps people do Paris Fashion Week shows. I'm like, do you, she's like, do you want to meet? And I'm like, sure, no problem. I Again, meeting people was like kind that of- It is your thing, it, I know that. It yeah. was the goal. And so I'm in this meeting and he's like, so for venues, are you thinking this one, this one, this one? And I didn't want to look stupid. So I just said like, well, my mom's from Spain. It'd be cool to do a bull, bullfighting ring instead of, the, instead of the conventional catwalk. It would be cool if it was circular. He's like, what about this circus? I'm like, oh, that's amazing, blah, blah, blah. And I leave and I'm like, 
what the fuck? Did I just plan a Paris fat? And he keeps calling me. He's like, hey, I've, I've spoke to the venue. I spoke but to this. But don't you need money for this, though? Exactly. And so I haven't agreed to any money. Right. And I'm just kind of like, this guy thinks I'm doing it, but I am had no plans of doing it. But then I keep telling my friends, and I'm like, hey, man, like this, should we do Paris fashion? Just to feel how they'd say it. Mm-hmm. And everyone around me was like, yeah, cool. Like, I'm in, sign me up. And I remember being like, I think I had created this like exaggerated persona of myself called Kid Super right. that everyone believed in because I had proven correct a couple times. Right. And so they were all in. And I remember being like, all right, well, I'm not going to be the one guy who doubts me. I, if everyone else is on, right. I, I'm in. So I remember calling the guy. I'm like, okay, let's do this. Like, how much does this cost? Where do we, like, who models it, blah, blah, blah. And so the cool thing about Paris Fashion Week is to get on the official calendar, mm-hmm. you basically have to show up, do a fashion show at the same time, same area, and they'll review it. And if you're good, maybe next time or the next time or the next time. Right. But it's kind of like showing up to Sundance, renting a movie theater, and it being judged by all the people at Sundance. Or Which was the way at the beginning. That's which, yeah. I mean, I won Sundance in 1999. Yeah, I think, or 2000. And that was what used to kind of happen. You just took your movie to Sundance. And physically, you didn't have to talk to anyone. Well, you know, you very quickly it became... You know, well, this guy wants this movie yeah. theater at this time, and this, and so it became about really access to time slots, right? More than anything. But at the very beginning, there, there was no. It was like, yeah, bring it along, which is such a cool and kind of inspiring or motivating concept. Where you're like, wait, I just have to show up. Yeah, like if that's it's like the Edinburgh Festival or something. Yeah, for comedians just go there. If that's like all that it is, I'll show up for the rest of time. Like, if, right. So anyways, I do this fashion show and I'm like, who to model it? So the first model on my fashion show is my mother. Perfect choice. The second model is my father. Perfect choice again. The third and fourth is like the rappers that had worn the kid super stuff. Right. The last person. And so it ended up getting this review from Vogue called Breakout Fashion Show of Men's Paris Fashion Week Show. All right. So that, that to me seems like a gear change right there. It was a gear change for sure where I'm like, okay. And I had read about other fashion designers and I'm like, how did like Jeremy Scott turn to Jeremy Scott or Mark Jacobs turn to Mark Jacobs? And these fashion shows were super integral to their life changing moments. Moments. Right. And so I'm like, holy shit, my life's changed. And then nothing changes. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, well, and because we were in a weird time where like media doesn't matter as much as it wants. Like a good article doesn't change your life. For sure. A good, like one picture of a celebrity wearing your clothes doesn't change your life anymore. Right. And so it really nothing changed. Besides, I couldn't Uber home because I'd spent all my money. Wow. And so I was like, okay, this was. I was like, was this worth it? But what was really cool was I felt like it was this amazing, like, artistic challenge. And I don't know how, like, what our goal in life is, but mine was these artistic challenges. And what I also loved was that it was seen by and judged at the highest level. Yeah. So I was at the highest level. You're taken seriously right at this point. I'm taken seriously just Mm -hmm. because I'm trying it. And... It's every six months. And I'm already got a... So I did that. I got a review. Wait, wait. wait. Fashion week is every six months? Yeah. Oh, okay. So every six months you do 
Autumn, winter, summer, spring. Well, I guess autumn, that winter, makes sense. Yeah, summer, spring. You, you, yeah, you you have to keep doing this. It can't be once a year. Right? Yeah, it has to be, right. I wish it, once a year would be way less physically and mentally draining. But so when they review that, they reject me again from the official calendar. So I've right. gotten rejected twice or three times. Uh, I eventually get it rejected three times. But everyone's like, "Man, I'm so sorry, Colin, that you got rejected." I'm like, "Guys." They're reviewing me. Yeah. I'm like this. And it's literally called like the Fédération de Haute Couture. And it's like <laughs> the and it's like the most French and prestigious name. And I'm getting this email like, thank you so much for like applying. Unfortunately, you're not a blah, blah. And I'm like, I was always afraid that I would never get in that room. Or right. like, I wasn't afraid of like, that was my fear. But once I was in it, that I was getting no, I was like, oh, this is easy. This is only about amount of times you try effort you put in and good ideas. It's a mathematical like, equation. I was you're like, I'll beat math again. That's what you're doing. And I was like, I'll beat everyone in those. Like, you're not right. going to outwork me or out de- idea me. And so I just did it three times and which is more than the average brand has to do. Mm-hmm. But I was again, such an outsider. And then on my third time, I get accepted to Paris Fashion Week. And which so is I'm fantastic. The- now, what show do you put on for your first This official? is official? So this is great. Official things happen. By the way, I've blown all my money. Of course. And I get accepted. I'm like, fuck, I really don't want to. I don't financially can't do another fashion week show. COVID hits. And I'm like, thank God. (laughs) Which I might be the only person in the world. I think there's one or two people who are like, yeah, okay. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's bad that people are getting sick, but oh, this is not bad. No, yeah. But I was like, this stopped all fashion week shows and they Mm -hmm. all went virtual. Okay. And so now, virtual fashion shows were video fashion shows that had really no restrictions because it had never been done before. Right. And so, you could do a catwalk that you filmed, you could do blah, blah, but it kind of leveled the playing field because now you couldn't like rent a palace in Paris, hire the top models, like that you couldn't do anymore mm-hmm. because models can't move renting a place doesn't look that cool on camera. Mm-hmm. And so this was my chance. And before this, I had done all these music videos for artists. I had done all this stop motion stuff. So I thought, wouldn't it be funny to do a stop motion fashion show made out of Barbie dolls? And so I bought all these Barbie dolls. I ripped off the head of the Barbie dolls and I 3D printed like 50 Cent, Jennifer Lopez, Stephen Hawking, Picasso, Salvador Dali. And I had all these doll versions of them and little miniature clothes. And I had them stop motion walk on a catwalk. That's genius. And in my mind, I remember telling my friends, like, we're this is our first and last time on Paris Fashion Week. Because <laughs> I'm like, there's no way <laughs> no, they all... the French are going to live like, this is the most amazing thing I've well, ever Well, seen. in my mind, I was like, they didn't even make clothes. Like, they're 10 inches tall. And so I'm like, but I thought it was such a cool idea. And I also thought it was so authentic to the Kid Super story because I, Claymation had been a huge part of the success from doing music videos for different people. Right. So these are artists that you're collaborating with that are in your store in Brooklyn to begin with. Yes. Right. And so, and I was making their little stop motion videos. And so I get this like amazing review from the pair and it's like a breakout hit in fashion world. And now everyone starts taking me seriously as this like original thinker. And because I was competing during virtual fashion week where everyone else kind of fucked up because they were, they had all these plans for these giant fashion shows that they Mm. had to stop. So they were like last minuteing, making these videos where 
that's kind of my skill is these last minute, no resources, like all that helps me. Is that when the big fashion houses start circling you about coming in and doing stuff for them? Not yet. But this is where the fashion world first takes an eye to me. Right. And they had really not. And so now I'm like, once they like supported that original thinking, I was like, oh man, now I can do anything. Because I thought that was going to get kicked off. Right. And so I'm like, oh, if that's allowed, then I'll have. And so there was probably five COVID fashion shows. Right. So like, yeah, two and a half years of COVID. Mm -hmm. And I did very unique ones. I did one that was a short film. I did one where I set a booth in Washington Square Park and I asked 300 people what they want to do before they die and then the video cut to them being like i want to sky and it would cut to them skydiving in a kid super look nice and so i did skydiving i did family reunion blind date climb a mountain raft a river and so it was quite fashion aside it's a kind of beautiful yeah uh, it's uh, a lovely thing to do show and then the last fashion show i'm like i always thought there'd be a cool kid super television show and I was was like, how do you do this? And so I had looked up the entourage and how to make an America IMBD. And I saw a name and I hit up Rob Weiss from, he's on both of them. And I was like, how do you get a TV show, blah, blah. And I got through him through Instagram. And he was like, well, basically you make a pilot and maybe someone buys it or not and blah, blah, blah. And like they fund a pilot. And I was like, what if we just do a pilot and call it a fashion show? I have to spend like you know, 50 to 100 or 150K every fashion show. Let's just do it for this. And he's like, wow, that's crazy, blah, blah. And so I wrote a script, shot it, blah, blah. And I shot this like pilot episode, called it a fashion show. All Everyone was wearing the kid super clothes, but it feels really much like a decent pilot for a TV show. So does the TV show get picked up? So then that's how I meet WME, CAA, UGA calling me because of this TV show concept. And again, like super outside of the television world and don't really... Yeah, but that's all changing so much anyway. I mean, everything is changing so much. You're really riding a wave. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 
it seems to me that you're that you're very astute learning very quickly the things are changing and this is how I can do it. And, the, and you can adapt. And you just, they talk about Darwinism as the survival of the fittest. It's not. It's the survival of the most adaptable. Sabretooth Tiger's pretty fucking, right. you know, fit. fit. <laughs> but it's if it's not going to fit the conditions, if it's not going to ride it out, it's not going to survive. So you do that because the industry is changing, and I think all industries are changing. Like TV is changing, fashion yeah. is changing, all, everything, the world is changing. Do you see a time that you can, you, you can't really settle into a traditional kind of model. You can't say, well, at a certain point, I'll be Louis Vuitton because well, it's changed. It's changing. And also it's really not my best strength. Right. Like if you compete head to head at like fashion infrastructure with one of these big guys, you're mm. getting crushed. Right. But. Because they have distribution and they have the... It's just, and that's their whole thing and they have millions and billions of dollars backing. But original ideas and original ways of thinking and moving very quickly and nimble is a strength that I have that they don't have. So everyone was always kind of thinking like, wow, Colin, like these are such amazing original ideas. It's like, they are good ideas, but it was also like... I was aware of what I could bring to the table right. and what I couldn't and the things that I could compete with were more ideas than it was like, you know. So you had a sense of, you know, yourself and you had a sense of your place in it. Yeah. So what happens when Louis Vuitton comes to you and says, right, we want you to be his guest designer, that's what yeah. they call it, right? So they want you to do that for a year. Now we've taken, you know, Sid Vicious out of the festivals and he's just joining the London Philharmonic Orchestra. And now it's a very... It's a very different world. How does it marry up? Well, one, Sid Vicious never thought he was going to get to the... Well, Sid's <laughs> a bad example. Let's no, get but, somebody else. No, <laughs> I'm saying I, as the Sid Vicious character, right. it was as extreme as that yeah, scenario yeah. where I was like, I never even thought... Because, you know, there was rumors about who was going to be next after Virgil, and I wasn't even putting myself within, like, even joking with my friends. You're right. And, you know, you joke like, oh, I should play. I should do it. Yeah. 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 I never even once brought it up because that's how far-fetched it was. And so when I get the ask or call to pitch, because you still, it wasn't like, we need you, you're in. It was like, would you like to apply? Yeah, it was exactly. So I think people think it was like, they just called me and were like, the time is now. And my name is Louis Vuitton. Yeah. I would like you to come to my house and make a pair of trousers. It, it was very much like you have a first meeting. And I was like, how much time do I have to prepare? They're like, how's two and a half weeks? I go, perfect. So what do you make? You just make a, a bunch of different looks or stuff? So I made a 500 page book. Okay. Of ideas, concepts, thoughts, clothes, pitches, shows, everything. Right. I 3D printed shoes. I 3D printed a belt buckle. I built, I made a bag. I shot three commercials. So you really threw down. You did, oh. you know, you did the work. That's what I think people may or may not understand was like, I don't think I was the top of their list. I think once they got, they saw how much work I was able to do yeah. in such a short mer- period of time. They were like, oh, if we give this kid resources, like this guy's the limit. Right. I was just, again, it was about being in the room. Once I was in the room, I was like, you oh can man, I can do this. Right. But here's the thing. Now, now, you, now you have a situation where you have, up until this point, unrestricted creative yeah. control. 
Now, I feel like it would be naive for anyone to think you're going to walk into a giant fashion house like Vuitton and they're going to say, do what you like, you know, let us see a picture of the pants. So is there... Is there an editor you're dealing with? Is there someone who's looking at... Is there a Tim Gunn? So, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> I love it, but I think it really should be... Just make it work. So this is what's interesting about fashion, I think, is... So these runway shows mm-hmm. are kind of just an example of your creativity. And okay. then what you see in the store is merchandised for production. Right, so it's a concept car versus a production line car. Right, right? exactly. Okay. And so during in the concept car, you have crazy freedom. Right. And I was pretty blown away by Louis Vuitton's like acceptance to new ideas and very little like you can't do this. The whole thing was like you can do this. This is great. We have a team here that makes it takes all these ideas and turns it into... Oh, that's very clever. So so what it does then is that you, you get the concept and there's a group of people who their skill is to take your concepts and make it Louis Wallets, Vuitton. Belts, yeah, right, buckles, right. things like that. Was that a... I mean, that must be a weird kind of... I mean, you're just, the crazy thing is like, I mean, right now you can go to Louis Vuitton and you see like my handwriting on stuff and that's like kind of uh, my drawings on paint my paintings on clothes but what was really amazing about the experience is like it makes you dream so big i mean obviously you as well like your life story it's, it's like once you get on national television you're like what can't i do yeah well there's a little of that yeah, for sure <laughs> yeah and, i and mean then, yeah i understand it and, and you know it's it's like it's for me it was it was uh, america it was yeah. like america you can do anything because i'm an immigrant that's my and it feels like you you have that from your parents that yeah. they were like you can do anything here the, the sky's the limit in this place yeah and i mean Definitely felt like I could try for anything. Mm-hmm. It definitely didn't feel like it was going to happen. No, there's no guarantees, but you get the opportunity. And so, yeah, and, but it was, what was also crazy is like Paris was way more open to me as a designer than America. That's interesting. And I wonder why. I think because Paris knows they're good and knows that they're great and knows they have history, that they can take risks. America is constantly searching for like, we can't be wrong. Like oh, if we, so it's a confidence thing. You I think, think. Yeah. it's like if from a fashion world perspective, no, Americans. I think, I think that that has that has resonances elsewhere. So they well. like t- are afraid to take risks necessarily on someone because if it doesn't hit the check, 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 they look stupid because they put all their eggs in a basket of an American. Whereas Paris or France, it's like they've proven themselves right. time and time again, if they have one that doesn't work, they're willing to test it out, well, I think. What does, what does it look like not working? Is that like sales are bad? Is that is it simple as that? Like people just don't want to buy it or it gets a bad review from, you know... I mean, the reviews don't matter as much as they ever did. Right. I mean, like, I would love to see the numbers of how many people read the, like, your Vogue review. No, not many. And, yeah. and then, so... That's not what's important. I think you've, I'm sure you've got more Instagram followers yeah, ex- than Vogue. Yeah. You know? The main thing is just like keeping the energy alive. And like because I come from a streetwear background where it's like, you know, you're either the hottest streetwear brand or everyone hates, it's like pretty hard mm. to maintain the cool forever. You see right. it now with Supreme struggling Two a little words. bit. 
Ed Hardy. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> right. now, the cool thing about that is like now Ed Hardy could be cool. Right. It comes back again. Yeah. You got to wait. It's it, every 20 years, right? And you can wait that as a brand and like there's a bunch of brands and like Stussy or Stussy, however people want to say it. That was not cool for like 10 years. And now it's super, super cool. That's interesting. Well, I, Adidas went through that with sneakers yeah. and stuff like that as well. So what now? Because now you're at an interesting point. You are... You're no longer street. I mean, you yeah. look street, but you know you've been it, the guest. Is that? I mean, you've a had weird, a number one single. It's a weird. You know? It's a weird position to be in, and earlier than I thought I was going to be into mm -hmm. it. And I think like the kids' super business wasn't as like figured out when I got the LV thing, where I was like, okay, now I know exactly like my price point and my distribution and all this stuff. Um, but it's super exciting. Uh, I think also the stuff that I'm interested in, things that have opened up, as you said, like the TV series was always something I was really trying hard to do. Art was always something I was really trying hard to do. And I think I have to maintain myself as like an artist that's true to the craft while the kids' super clothing business builds up. And So it's the balance of art and commerce again, right? Yeah, because I think that's what worked for me. And right. I think added this like, luxury standpoint to the kids super even though the prices aren't crazy all right so how does this figure out in your life away what if i strip all of this away and go okay none of this this is all your work is there a person there who is not the work is there a is there a ambitions for a family is there ambitions oh from for, is this yeah. a therapy session yeah, yeah a little bit <laughs> um at the moment no I think that's okay. I, yeah, I, that's yeah. a very healthy and honest answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to say, no, 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 this is what I do. This is who I am. Yeah, and I think that, that there's a kind of interesting morality uh, given to people who say, no, 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 I, I, I do this. I like this. Yeah. Like I'm friends with, I'm, I'm sure you know his name. I don't know if you know his work, but I'm friends with Jay Leno. Yeah. Right? <laughs> the Jay's thing is, I, I, no, I just like that. I just do my job. I just, I just, I just do my job. That's who he is. And if he didn't do it, I don't think he'd really, I mean, he, he loves his cars. And, I was going to say, know, he yeah, likes yeah. cars. Yeah, the cars are great. The cars are great. But, uh, if you took away doing stand-up comedy for him, I, yeah. I don't think he would really understand what life was about. I think also I've been really fortunate to brand things that I'm very interested in as Kid Super. So it's like, there isn't too many, like, for example, I did Barnsley's third division, a third division soccer jersey, right? football jersey. And... It's interesting because Barnsley are kind of like... <laughs> it's but a, it's an odd choice. It, yeah. it, it was an odd choice and an amazing experience, but I called it Kid Super. Right. But I would do that as column. Right. And I was like, and I got to train with them. So I got to play. Oh, because you like to play soccer? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, okay, That's like. That's right. And what point is that become a column thing or a Kid Super thing? It's a column thing, true and true, but I just branded it as Kid Super. So I think my like moral dilemmas of that stuff I don't have any because I'm really doing stuff that I would do if it wasn't a brand or I would want to do. That's what I think. And I think the bottom line is this, is that, you know, I worked a little bit with the Rolling Stones at some point. It was actually, I was working with Mike. I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but I'm doing their alternate cover. 
Are you really? Yeah. That's a fun. <laughs> that's really fun. Are you working with Jagger? Well, I don't get to meet him, but oh, he approves. I bet you I bet you do. Because yeah. he's really hands-on. I was writing a script with him. Okay. Right? We never made the movie. He's like, now what we have put a full stop in there <laughs> and do uh you know, we have a sentence there and then have this bloke over there. But he's very hands-on. But what I because I was kind of working with him, I was at, they were on tour at the time, so I was in that environment. And this is where I get to you because Keith Richards is the guitarist in the Rolling Stones. And I don't think he gives a rat's ass if it's a stadium or a pub as long as he's playing the guitar. That's what it is. And he does it because he doesn't know how not to do it. And I think that's you. I think what you're doing is you're smart enough and you're mathematical enough to know that I can make a lot of money doing this, but I think you would just do it anyway. And I think that's when you enjoy what you're doing. Sure. And I think it's why you continue. I think a lot of people, you know, I started making clothing in high school where none of those, and there's a, lots of kids that have brands in high school that didn't continue because they weren't hitting like the the success meter that they had in their head. Mm. But I never had the success meter. That's right, it wasn't there. Because I was like, one, I always felt that this was like, I don't know if the word blessing, but I was always like, wow, I can't believe I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. Like, it wasn't that I can't believe this is successful. I was like, I can't believe I get the opportunity to like make clothing or fuck around with my friends or whatever. And it's a business. And so I wasn't like, why am I not sales like this or blah, blah, blah. And I always was like, okay, this is, there was always a little bit of a door opening or a door closing. So I knew exactly what to do or not to do because it wasn't like, I knew the big vision of what I always wanted, but I had no idea how to get there. And then I just followed kind of like open or closed doors. And it's then, very, it's funny. It's a very mathematical <laughs> approach to it. Like, the, you know, this gate's closed. It's zero one, zero one, zero one. Go through. I am very much looking forward to seeing what happens with you next. I'm delighted that you came in and, and talked to us. You are a force of nature and a real American story. <laughs> and, I, and I'm fascinated by it. Calm. You and have super. to come to the store I'll in come Brooklyn. To, I'll come, well, I'll come taking Brooklyn. him to Brooklyn. Fuck. All I right. bought a moped. You can just get I'll on the get back. On, I'll get on the back. I'll be your moped bed. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. Thank you so much. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth, no matter who you are, that mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.